Welcome to episode 2 of F1 Goes Niao. My name's Shitaj. Uh, with me, I have Rahul and Drax. Yeah, hey guys. So, they've taken the record for the highest number of wins with 16 races won in the year 2014, which they matched in 2015. They broke the yeah. record again in uh, 2016 with 19 out of the 21 races won. Since the beginning of the 2014 season, they've managed to win 74% of the races. I think you'll have guessed by now that I'm speaking of none other than the Mercedes AMG F1 team. So yeah, man, Mercedes has been just crazy for the last since 2014. The last six years, I mean, 20 20 season hasn't started yet, but but I'm not expecting it to be too different. (laughs) <laughs> How could you man? They are they're dominating since 2014 and the turbo hybrid era are their field. They are the experts in the, in those engines, turbo hybrids. Definitely. I, I don't think they are calling this anymore. They are power units. <laughs> you said something, Rahul? It's a good time to be a Mercedes fan, right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Let's, 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 uh, let's not talk about what good time it is to be which fan right now because uh, definitely the Italian sides... The Austrian teams are definitely not happy with what has been happening since 2014. So, I think if you compare the most dominant teams in Formula 1 in the 21st century, Mercedes seem to be definitely the most dominating team. I mean, you had Ferrari between 2000 and 2004. Uh, They got 67% of the wins with uh, 57 out of 85 races. You had Red Bull during the 2010 2013 season winning 53% of the races with uh, 41 out of 77 won. And then when you look at Mercedes, Mercedes were unbelievable with 72 wins out of, uh, what, 98 races? That's almost 73%. So out of the 100 races... And that's that's only... And those are the stats that we have since 2018. So obviously, the 2019 (laughs) season... 2019 season. 2019. They ripped everyone in 2019. <laughs> 2019 was unbelievable. I mean, everyone thought it would be Ferrari's year with Ferrari's unbelievably, unbelievably quick uh, car. Imagine, for the first race, Mercedes was a 1-2 finish with Bottas winning out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, the, the, the whomsoever it may concern fucking moment. Yeah. I th- <laughs> I mean, that was... <laughs> Shots were fired at that time. But it, but it's undeniable the 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 success that they've had is just insane since 2014. It's, no one has been able to touch them. No one, no one has been able to touch them. I think it's mostly because of Ross Braun, who was the architect behind Schumacher's career and Ferrari's dominance during the early 2000s. I mean, winning six championships with Ferrari and then coming to Braun. Braun winning their uh, maiden uh, year in the championship. I mean, they competed... Yeah, can, can we talk about that? I mean, uh, you had Honda, you know, competing in Formula 1, the 2008-2009 season. And they were running around in 8th and 9th in the Constructors' Championship. And then I think Ross Braun comes out of nowhere, buys the team for $1. And goes out into 2010 and wins the season. 2009. 2009. Sorry, 2009 his, and wins the season. <laughs> That's his debut season. He got a 1-2 finish in his first race. 
went on to win the drivers championship and then went on to win is the constructor championship too yeah, i think that's how awful ross yeah, brown is that jensen button i think uh, the constructor yes, championship jensen yeah. button jensen but i mean that was driving driving a brown gp car right team Uh, Michael Schumacher yeah, yeah. Michael Schumacher and Rosberg right yeah Nico Rosberg now Michael Mike- Schumacher and Rosberg finally mm. their 2010 season now when that ma- move was made i thought i think uh, mercedes might be the champions at that time because you had a six time world champion in their team uh, another german driver nico rosberg who was there who at that time i think he was a decent driver but uh, things didn't turn out the way they wanted it 2010 season was a terrible one for mercedes they did when i don't i don't think they won any race but they managed to get a couple of podiums i guess but no races were won to be fair though i think the 2010 was more of a finding their footing they had schumacher who was constantly outperformed by rosberg but i think the knowledge that he brought to the team with like his expert uh, with his uh, experience especially with Correct. like you know the if ferrari you, days of No one. If you speak in terms of CS, if you speak in terms of CS Go, then I would say Michael Schumacher was their entry fragger here. <laughs> he got out the info, he laid out the plan, and then <laughs> left. Yeah, Builds the team up for their current success. And I mean, they they had like a all star thing. They had Ross Brown as their principal. They had Nicky Lauda come in. They had uh, obviously Schumacher and Rosberg. I mean, it looked really like they 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 got a really crazy team for that. Yeah, and and the twenty ten. I think the issue was Michael Schumacher. If you ever saw him drive, Michael Schumacher had a tendency to throw the front of the car into the corner, and the back used to handle itself. But when he came to Mercedes, the engineers over there weren't happy with the way he used to drive it. So I think uh, that's one of the reasons why Michael Schumacher could never really work with uh, Mercedes, and he got older, of course. So His reflexes were definitely not as good as they used to be. Moving on, uh, Ross Brown as Mercedes team principal was, I think, uh, one of the best decisions he made was uh, bringing Bob Bell and Jeff Wills in as the director level stuff. A lot of people questioned this whether this was right or wrong, but I think bringing in Jeff Wills was a crucial part. for the team cause uh, yeah, because, because they like people thought that you know too many too many chefs spoil the broth or whatever but each of them had their own thing they were really specialized they knew what they were doing and i mean it it look at what look at what uh, greatness they laid out hmm. it was unbelievable especially i think uh, 2014 they were planning for beating everyone in 2014 since 2010 They weren't even focused on winning in 2011, 12, 13. They were focused solely on the turbo hybrid era in 2014, and they wiped out the field. And they are they, still wiping out the field. Why? I would say decimated, wiped out, decimated the entire grid out there. I mean, there is no team that comes close to Mercedes right now. I mean, f- 
Ferrari last season showed great promise during the free, uh, during the I think testing when they had the yeah. fastest they had the fastest car at that time. But then I don't know. I do remember there was a quote by Enzo Williams. People who build good engines do not need aerodynamics. <laughs> ah. Okay, they they, they took the American that. philosophy. <laughs> I think Ferrari listened too hard to that. <laughs> too hard, they listened too hard to that. I mean, look, look how, look where they ended up in 2019 with absolutely no downforce. Absolutely no downforce. I think the problem with Ferrari is they they build their car in such a way so that they win the Italian GP. They try to build their car the around Monza, yes. the Monza track. So right. I think that's where Ferrari lose out. And then you had Red Bull again with their. Uh, engine issues after the 2013 season which was i think not really good for them uh, renault but if you if you look at mercedes they plan out their i mean they design the car for the engine and not the, the other engine, way around not the other way around i mean so if you if you look at their design they're designed to slice the air but have enough downforce to stick the curve at 160 kmph correct correct now you had so i think if you look at it right the the 2009 the 2010 to 2013 season was just Red Bull all the way. Correct. And you had you had Ferrari and Mercedes desperate to get in on that and get to, you know, try and take them out. Whereas Mercedes took a really interesting approach and they just said, you know, write it off. We have 2014. We know the rules for 2014. Uh-huh. We're just going to start. We are charging up. And, you know, just come in, come in flying. I think and that's exactly uh, what they did. So I think uh, after 2013, we had uh, Michael Schumacher leave uh, uh, leave uh, Mercedes, and we had Hamilton come in. So I think that move was very crucial, seeing where <laughs> McLaren have ended up. And I think uh, it's because of that move in 2013 that uh, Hamilton has won those six championships. Things would have been, and I, I mean, it's 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 a really ballsy move to say, you know, I'm going from McLaren, who is uh, arguably like they were right at the top, right in the definitely. fight, to go to Mercedes, who nobody knew what who they were. Think like, th- obviously, you know who they are, but like, no, no. Like if you if you told me in 2013 that Mercedes were going to dominate everyone in post 2014. I wouldn't have believed it. No one. Even though I I'm a Mercedes fan, I wouldn't have believed it. <laughs> see, see, I think the move of uh, Hamilton from McLaren to Mercedes was only made possible because of Nicky Lauda. I mean, Nicky Lauda played a major role in convincing uh, Hamilton to join Mercedes. And I think with Ross Braun's uh, personality and of course all the accolades that he's got earned for himself, that's what made Hamilton join uh, Mercedes. So I think, yeah, so that, that was how Hamilton went to Mercedes. And there's a quote, so, quote by Paul Weaver from Guardian, which I think, I think suits this moment. I have the quote with me right here. It says, there is something essentially dramatic about Lewis Hamilton, a diva-like quality that embraces triumph and disaster, but has little room for the mundane. The 19th and final race of the season will be compelling and mostly because of Lewis. If he wins the title, it is likely to be in heroic circumstances. If he does not, it will be because he has had a brush with catastrophe. He does not do mere failure. And I think nothing better than this describes the situation 
right now exactly Exactly. I think all that, te- all that technical, you. all those technical words and all just go to say that with Lewis, it's 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 hundred. It may be hundred on the positive side or the negative side, but it's it's always always sir. it's always something. It's, it's always it's you know, maximum the effort. Part, the best part about Lewis is he's very consistent in his races, and that's what Mercedes needed. That's what Mercedes needed: the consistency in driving performance. They could give you machines. You need better drivers. I mean, it's the entire. It's the thirteen hundred men at the factory, to, and the the two drivers on race day that actually helped Mercedes reach here. Now, talking about twenty fourteen, arguably twenty fourteen had. Although Mercedes won, I would say the cars were absolute BS. So, talk about twenty fourteen, the year when arguably the biggest change in F one came into the picture. We switched. From the 2.4 liter V8 engines to the 1.6 liter V6 power units, so I think ah, uh-huh, and the power units came with the ERS, which meant energy recovery system. That I mean, the like, biggest thing over there is obviously that they weren't even called engines anymore. Like, what the hell, man? Yeah, they were they called power units. It's like something straight out of Star Trek or Star Wars. You don't call it an engine; you call it a power unit. No, I mean, yeah. I mean. Is this is what Greta Thunberg does? <laughs> Why do you want clean stuff in the races? Exactly. They hardly go around for two hours. Okay. What are, you, what are you planning? Okay. So don't hate us. What we are environmentalists. I don't use plastic myself. But okay, come on. It's motorsports. It's all about engines. It's about the grunt of the engine, the smoke coming out of the back, the flames coming from the back of your car. That's what racing is about. I mean. You know when you when the engine when as the car goes past, you know the meow. You wanna hear? <laughs> <laughs> you wanna you wanna hear the grunt of the V10 or the V8? That 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 that's what F1 needs. And I think 2014 was most probably the worst year when it comes to the sound. I mean the cars didn't sound good at all. I mean, FIA claimed that the new engine gave the sport a much cleaner, greener image. But did the sport wow. really need that? We didn't. We didn't want. No, no one asked wow. for this. Wait, did you say FIA? Is it FIA? F. Okay, FIA. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. I actually said. Lower your Red Bull doses, Shidesh. I meant FIA. Also, in 2014, uh, after changing the cars, FIA changed the regulations too. So teams now have to compete on 100 kg of fuel. Uh, that's 30 percent less than 2013, and they also FIA also limited the fuel flow. Yeah, so the fuel so, could only be, I think, at a max, it could reach a hundred kilo an hour. Hmm. Uh, it couldn't go above that. So, and they had yes. like strict monitoring systems put into place to yes. check. Yeah. About this, Bernie Eccleston himself was horrified by the decision made. I mean, F1 was all about the thrill, you know, the engines roaring, the adrenaline flowing. I mean, the cars were slower, a lot heavier. And then the cars were nimble enough, and the sound. I think the sound was the biggest issue. I mean, if you don't want sound, you have Formula E for that. That's where all your your all, those are air dryers. Those are air dryers. Those are basically air dryers running around the track. <laughs> it's not even a track. It's a it's like street racing, but with barricades. It's like street racing with barricades. I mean, unbelievable bullshit, man. I mean, I'm sorry, Formula E fans, but it does not deserve to exist. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway. So the so the so, 2014 season opener actually was 
I don't know what you want to call it. I mean, you had uh, Mercedes completely come in and destroy everyone. You had Nico Rosberg finish uh, finish in the lead with uh, like the closest guy behind him was Ricardo with the Red Bull, and he was twenty four seconds off the pace. Twenty four seconds off the pace. Twenty four seconds. Twenty four seconds. I think yeah. that's the... half the time Shitish lasts in bed. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, the, it also meant that the cars were a lot less reliable. I mean, if you check the first race, oh my god, I'm still. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so, so, so. But, uh, about the reliability of the cars, I mean, uh, 2014 saw the Australian GP, the first race of the 2014 uh, turbo hybrid era, saw. Just fifteen cars start from the grid. That meant the rest of the cars were in the starting from the pit lane, and just eleven finished the race. That's how right. un- unreliable the cars were. I mean, poor quality of the cars, and uh, so which eleven cars finished the race? Yeah. Even though eleven, just eleven cars finished the race. That's how unreliable the uh, the cars were. Even though, and then Mercedes won it. So that's how much prepared they were for this turbo hybrid era. Yeah, of course they had that three years of preparation going for that. They spent the entire twenty eleven, twelve, and thirteen season just preparing for their big moment. I mean, and they, they, they were charging it. up. They were charging up. They knew this. <laughs> they planned this. It's like they predicted what was going to happen. So even um, if you look at qualifying, they you had Hamilton right on pole, although. Um, If you look at Q3, the Red Bull wasn't too far off on the one lap this thing, but in the race they just got decimated. No, oh, that was unbelievable. I think the race was where Mercedes actually showed their two true strengths. And then you had Ferrari, you had Renault, you had Honda, the 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 main engine builders in Ferrari in F1 that actually was trying. They couldn't figure out how Mercedes got so good at building their engines. I mean. I think there was a report by Sky Sports. So apparently, uh, one second. Oh, I think we'll have to figure this out again. Okay, one second. I lost the report. Okay, can we do this again? It's here. It's here. Yeah, yeah. Ha. Huh, okay. Yeah, it's it, it's on the next page. It's here. Okay. Okay. One second. Just uh, cut for one second. One second. One second. Ah. Uh. So, 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 so start start again by saying uh, the huge horsepower disadvantage. Ha. Uh, okay. Start from there. Okay. So yeah, so I think a lot of teams suffer from this. You had Red Bull struggling, for, uh, Ferrari struggling, of course. The main engine builders, Renault, Honda, and Ferrari, had absolutely no clue how to match uh, Mercedes' uh, power unit. I mean, I think there was a report by Sky Sports that suggested that the compressor and the turbo package had opposite ends of the internal combustion engine. That meant they had better. Packaging, aerodynamics, and battery usage—that's what I, I remember. This I remember this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how turbos work? They have exhaust gases pulling up on mm-hmm. one side and intake gases uh, coming in the other side. Correct. What Mercedes did was they split this. They had a longer shaft connecting the exhaust end and the intake end, and they split it. So the intake air was cooler, way cooler. So that's why they had way more efficiency than everyone, everyone Basically. in the field. Basically, what that means is, out of the nineteen races in the two thousand and fourteen season, Mercedes went on to win sixteen of them and took eighteen poles. I mean, I think that I think that just 
summarizes their engine for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I mean, Red Bull won three races. Now, if you are a Ferrari fan, this is where you stop listening. Believe me. Now, I'll give you yeah, the stat. <laughs> okay, now, now just listen to this. Ferrari had zero wins. Zero. Okay. That's what they deserve. I mean, and two podium. They had two podium finishes and zero pole positions. They scored just 216 points. Where you had, and there you had Mercedes with 701 and Red Bull 300 points less than them. Less than Mercedes, of course. Ferrari. Mercedes had, Mercedes won that season with like a 300, with more than 300 points. uh, Sorry, just about 300 points as their gap. Yeah. To their next closest rival, which is just. Red Bull. No, no, yeah, something, this, this might interest you. Ferrari finished behind a Williams in the championships. You had Williams, <laughs> Williams above, above uh, Ferrari at that. But Williams had a Mercedes engine. So I think, yeah, that, that was the reason. Not, not because uh, Claire Williams did something. Uh, was Claire Williams the <laughs> director in 2014? Or was it Frank Williams? I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So- we, we now know that Ferrari, Red Bull or any other team couldn't compete with Mercedes. So, who was? Who was competing with Hamilton? Yeah, who I was? was Mercedes. I mean, you had Mercedes demonstrating social distancing in 2014. I mean, they were everywhere. They were way ahead of their time. They, they, they were way ahead of, I mean, you can't see my hand at the frame, but just imagine how far they were. And, and my hands on the ground, the other hands right down at the bottom. That's... That's how far off everyone was. Oh, what is it doing right down at the bottom? Drag to improve Shetiji's time. Right. Anyway, so, yeah, the point where, who was competing against Hamilton then? I mean, against Mercedes. It was definitely Nico Rosberg. It was the two teammates going head to head. I mean, we could see that. But uh, I think in the... In the 2014 season itself, with the duo capturing 16 GPs and they had 12 front row lockouts. But uh, during that season, I think Hamilton was way faster than Rosberg. It all intensified in, I think, 2016. Yeah, in 2016, after Seb- uh, Sebastian Vettel made his move to Ferrari. That was in 2015, yeah. So, so Sebastian Vettel came to Ferrari and uh, the rivalry... Still- yeah. Ferrari were uh, like their pasta in 2016. Yeah, they were still, they were still, I mean, yeah, I mean, pasta gang couldn't do much at that time, even though Sebastian Vettel came to Ferrari. Now, if you, it, if you look at, if you look at 2016 stats, there were 21 races, <laughs> Ferrari won zero, Ferrari were again, Red Bull won two, two, and Mercedes won all of the remaining 19. 19 races, that, that, that's how. I mean, dominant. I mean, out of the, I mean, out of the twenty-one races, you had uh, Ferrari with uh, Ferrari. Uh, Ferrari won zero, obviously. But I mean, even if you look at the polls in qualifying, you mm-hmm. had uh, Mercedes with twenty polls. Twenty and polls. Then one remaining pole went to Red Bull. But I mean, again, the points gap just is everything. It's just unbelievable. I mean, the reason of of, of the dominance, the Mercedes dominance in twenty sixteen was definitely because of the. Hamilton Rosberg rivalry, it peaked. The rivalry peaked at that time. Rosberg was hell bent on uh, beating uh, Hamilton, I think. He spent a yes. lot he spent he spent a lot of time in the gym. He lost weight. I mean losing a kg is as good as losing a tenth in in lap time, I guess. Every, 
every kg lost is or every 10 second lost in your lap time every 10 second so lost there's a report that apparently uh, rosberg into in the 2016 season went to the extent of designing special gloves that allowed him to release the clutch like just a little bit better to get that you know edge of yeah. edge on hamilton which they are yeah. rivalry peaked in 2016 and i mean if you watch that season back it's just i mean i think that was one season where total wolf was actually stressed because even though mercedes were dominating i mean if you remember barcelona the catalonian gp you had <laughs> <laughs> that was just a nightmare that was a nightmare for the german team i mean you had uh, hamilton uh, crash into rosberg or was it the other way around I think uh, Hamilton crashed into Rosberg. Right? Yeah, Hamilton, Hamilton got yeah. into the grass, lost control, oh, and went. That's very it. controversial. That's very controversial. <laughs> very controversial. <laughs> Let's controversial. not speak about it. <laughs> so it's wrong, who's right? But the the, the yeah. matter, the fact is, the only reason someone has won that race was because they went into each other. <laughs> I think I think uh, Daniel <laughs> Ricciardo was the winner in that race. I'm not sure, but uh, the 2016. And, 2016 season was definitely the peak of the Hamilton Rosberg rivalry. We need to speak about that. We need to speak about driver rivalries about the team and driver rivalries one time. I mean, definitely. Yeah. No, Verstappen was... won the race. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. Verstappen was, uh, was, was the winner. Now, yeah. then I think after that season, uh, Nico Rosberg retired to spend more time with his family. I mean, you went. That was one... a complete surprise. I don't think anyone saw that coming. No one saw that coming. I mean. I thought Rico Rosberg might go ahead and compete again against Hamilton but uh, he opted to choose uh, a different life but he he that guy opened a YouTube channel also what was the name of the channel the, the Rico Rosberg channel I forgot that, that was totally yeah, his career he ended his career oh he he ended his career, <laughs> ended his career. <laughs> so I think after the 2016 season we had Valtteri Bottas come in and in 2017 the year 2017 was the time when i think ferrari managed to get the closest to uh, mercedes i think that was the only time when uh, sebastian vettel finished p2 in the championship uh, right behind lewis hamilton but yeah. Uh, yeah 2017 2017 the sebastian and hamilton had a good fight 2018 was a different story <laughs> the 2018 Bottas was a wingman to Hamilton basically but yeah. Bottas is a bad wingman because if you look at the gap the Ferrari to Mercedes gap was like 80 points and i think uh, you had Bottas finish the championship p p4 p5 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 behind even behind Verstappen actually yeah it was uh, Hamilton who won the championship uh, Sebastian Vettel came into p2 Kimi Raikkonen was p3 oh you remember Kimi Raikkonen at the drunk he was drunk at the party the, the yeah fun. dude Kimi Raikkonen <laughs> drunk at that award ceremony is a whole <laughs> <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen with that guy the guy has ice cold and i imagine that guy being drunk at a party oh my god that was a scene <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, okay, so you had Valtteri Bottas come here, but Valtteri Bottas didn't really do much at Mercedes, rather than listen to what he, he was there. He was there to just get them the constructors because get they needed con- a second yeah. car. They needed, you know, I don't yeah. even think they needed it as much though. Like yeah. at, there are times in the season where Hamilton's points have been greater than the whole Ferrari team together. <laughs> the, 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 the <laughs> 
Valtteri, it's James. It still haunts him, I think. Anyway, uh, and if if we look at the 2019 season, the 2019 season was filled with surprises. You had Valtteri Bottas win a race for a change. I mean, that was the first race. The first race, the Australian GP. And at the end of the race, uh, this was his radio. He actually said this to whom. So ever it may concern fuck you this these were his exact words at the end of the race when he won it and i mean it doesn't get better than this i mean f1 is always james slept very well last that night <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, the 2019 season was again dominated by the german team the silver arrows i think I think that was another season where Ferrari could have capitalized but they didn't like I said if, if you look at 2019 in Monza Ferrari won Monza only because none of the drivers none of the other drivers set a time in qualifying <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god that qualifying oh my god jeez that qualifying was but, uh, that's a topic to discuss later on <laughs> Yeah when it so comes that's to... the only reason Ferrari won in Monza otherwise <laughs> Mercedes <laughs> is the dominant team No but I think the car the Ferrari car was I think a much better in the straight line so I think that's it that's, that... I mean I don't think we need to talk about Ferrari's engine yet. Like yeah. <laughs> the 2019 Ferrari engine is still a topic of high debate. I don't know whether whether or not, you know. <laughs> there's a lot of controversy going on there. Yeah. So looking ahead now 2020 looked promising. As a Mercedes fan I was happy that Mercedes will be winning again. As a Ferrari fan Shitish was crying in his bed. <laughs> And yeah, then yeah, we a... all went to bed to cry yeah. because Corona came in. Cool. Greta, Corona joined the Greta chat. Thunberg, your wish came through. The F1 season hasn't gone ahead yet, but we've gotten the the current dates. I mean, we've got the first GP supposedly it's in July, right? Yeah, July. Yeah. The third to fifth weekend, it's going to be at the Red Bull Ring in Austria. So looking okay. looking forward to that race. Anyway, I really hope that happens, man. I need my yeah. fix of F1. Definitely, we definitely yeah, made. I want to fix up this podcast too after that race. <laughs> definitely, uh, we will be covering races as uh, the season unfolds. So that's it for today's episode, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, also, if you haven't checked out our last episode, yes, do check it out. It's on our channel, and we'll see you again. Stay home, stay safe. See you guys. Bye, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cut. Okay, I'm cut. <laughs> Okay